Hi everybody, my name's Pete Finn and this is the COVID-19 and Democracy podcast. This episode is the second half of an interview that I did with Sam Power, who's at the University of Sussex. And they split the interview up because it essentially ended up being two quite separate and distinct um, parts to the interview. The previous um, episode is a discussion around MPs, Conservative MPs, ideological coherence and the Plan B votes around restrictions that were in place in the UK in December and January 2020 and 2021 and 2022, whereas this is a discussion focused on the Partygate scandal, which is, um, well, um, this is late January 2022 and um, continues to be a huge issue for the Boris Boris Johnson government. So that's there's a, there might be times where we refer to parts of the episode that aren't in this episode, uh, parts of the interview that aren't in this episode, and that's because um, they are in the previous episode. So if you want to go and hear Sam's thoughts on Conservative MPs and ideological coherence, please do go and listen to the previous episode. Thank you. Um, and we're going to focus on, uh, for the rest of the podcast, everything that's been going on, well, at least some of what's been going on with relation to the Conservative Party, to Number 10, Wine and Cheese. Um, I mean, in some sense, there's like a, there, there are amusing elements to this story, kind of egg on your face. But then there's also like the, I mean, whether you're a Republican or whether you're in favour of the monarchy, right, the picture of the Queen going to her funeral <laughs> sat by herself. I mean, that is an awful human image, right? And it's probably one of the reasons why this story continues to run, right? Um, so with all that in mind, um, how would you surmise what's been going on in the last, well, about six, seven weeks, maybe eight weeks into the story now? <laughs> yeah, so, so it's, it's, it's a story that's been ongoing and just is, isn't really going away. Um, and I think I think for good reasons. I think think your your your, your suggestion about the, the the picture of the Queen um, is 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 sort of just a a visceral image of someone grieving on their own. Um, and I think it also encompasses um, something that a lot of people were going through at the time, which was um, whether it was around you know scores of people who had to. Um, watch funerals on Zoom or um, or, or grieve alone um, throughout the the, the COVID nineteen pandemic, um, or just actually we did, didn't just have to be grief around death. It was grief around what was what was going on, loneliness, um, all kinds of issues that people were having that that, that they that they dealt with, um, and. The, I think the reason why this the the the, the issue about the, par- the 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 parties that were going on in Downing Street and I suppose it sounds like the surrounding area as well, um, is that it very it is it's a very visceral um, representation of unfairness, um, and there's. There's a lot of things that we that, that we know and that we don't know about what the British public um, will will accept and won't accept from from, from their politicians and from from um, from, from yeah from, from people in public life. Um, but one thing that we do know quite clearly is that the, the British public 
are have have a have an understanding of fairness of what of the way in which um the way in which politicians ought to function um and what what's happened with the party stuff is that it's not it's not hard um despite what boris johnson says actually it's it's not a hard thing to grasp um, these rules are not are, are not hard to understand um, we all know what the rules were and we all know the way in which we the way in which we interacted with those rules um, and indeed we all know what sort of was and wasn't acceptable so it's not just about stuff that was necessarily within within the rules we also know what the spirit of the rules were which was that we limit contact with each other at all times and, and that's going to be really, really hard, but it's going to be for the good of society. And from everything that we've seen, um, that's what the British public did. And the problem that the government have here is that, is that whatever the rules are, they did not stick to the spirit of the rules. Um, and that's almost as damaging to the British public because, because when, 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 when we have something that is almost, I was going to say universally, but country, agreed countrywide, which is that um, lockdowns are incredibly, people are incredibly supportive of them. And even those that weren't, they knew the, the, the way in which they needed to function. And um, when you see those at the very top not adhering to that, um, and by having parties, which they might claim are work events, but even then, um, work events weren't really allowed, and even if they were, you know, we, we know that you weren't really allowed to be doing that, um, and everybody does. Um, it's a very almost it's a visceral betrayal, um, which sort of moves away from the kind of scandals that um, that you that I would suggest you might be able to ride out as a government because it's not complicated. It has nothing to do with sort of. Uh, complex parliamentary rules or it has nothing to do with so I'm an expert in political financing has nothing to do with you know you, you often see people getting very exercised or very briefly um, angry about certain donations we, we saw it during the Boris Johnson government about the, the, the curtains and the redecorations of, of Downing Street now that that's quite actually at heart a sort of complex issue of what is and isn't a donation in kind so it's never going to bring down a government but something that's visceral which is almost a betrayal of trust that's the kind of thing that the public um, almost immediately see as wrong and, um, and, and then subsequently can be, can be really fatal for, in, in, terms of the in terms of the political life of the people that have seemed to have betrayed that trust. And that's why we're seeing it going on and on and on. That's why it's not going away, um, is that it's, it's a very visceral, easy to understand betrayal of trust and confidence, which is very, which is the one one of the few things that the the, the British public there's there's great agreement on. Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess the point is, yeah, it's not it's not necessarily that it was one. Like, if it had been one party, I mean, there was what. So Gavin Williamson, right, who was the education secretary, clearly there there was a party in his department, and it was like a one day story, right? I mean, it's not the prime minister, it's not number ten, <laughs> but I mean, some journalists got wind of it, they made a story of it, he apologised and everyone, I mean, it never gets any mention anymore, right? Um, and um, and perhaps rightly so, right? I mean, you can kind of, a, a single instance, you can see the stress, right? But this is, it, it appears to have been kind of an ongoing culture <laughs> with the, like the kind of, yeah, I mean, the, there's been some, 
journalists have made great hay out of the, the suitcases filled with booze, like filming um, people walking down Whitehall with their suitcases um, in the rain. Um, so what kind of issues, so from your, your kind of intellectual standpoint, as someone who studies corruption, studies kind of related issues, what, what, what issues are, are raised here? Yeah, I, I, th I think another useful an analogy is along alongside your, your your sort of the Gavin Williamson party, which was brought out, is is also um, so so in the past week or so, there's been a, there's been a focus in in some areas, and and some of the Conservative Party are trying to do this as well, focusing on this um, fear that Keir Starmer had on on the campaign trail, um, and that's not as far as I can see. Um, not really gained much traction. Um, and I think if, if you look at the rules, I wasn't aware of these rules, but um, there was rules around the local elections last year, which was that you were not really supposed to, you were, you were campaigning, and then you weren't really supposed to have campaign meetings inside. So the, this, this was against the rules, if, if, if whatever Keir Starmer was doing. But the reason why it's not got traction is you can, that's for one, a somewhat complex rule, um, and for two, I think you can generally understand how that is a misunderstanding that might happen and you might have a beer after a, lo a long day's campaign. Sure, and, and anyone who says that they followed every rule. Yeah. If, and it, could, could anyone honestly put their hand on their heart and say, like, you, even inadvertently, right, everyone would have broken the rules, but that's, you're right, it's not, that's not what's happened here, right? right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so there's, there's a number of issues at play. And again, it's not a partisan thing. It would be, it's just whoever is in, whoever is in um, government. I think the first issue is that this is, um, I suppose to use a slightly dramatic phrase, this goes right to the top, right? This is Downing Street. So, so number one is that it is a Downing Street issue. It is, it is the heart of government. It is not a, the, the leader of the opposition. Um, it is not the education secretary. Um, with, with the greatest respect to Gavin Williamson, he's, he, he's, he's a very, you know, he's, 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 he's you know, an officer, he's, he works in the office, an office of state, um, but he's not the prime minister. He doesn't, he does, doesn't live and work in number 10. And um, so number one is that it, it goes right to the top. These are the rule makers. And um, so it, so it, it really hammers home any kind of assumption that the British public or generally people have of um, politicians being all in it for themselves or a kind of us and them culture, it just brings that to the fore. One rule for them, another one for us. That's a common sort of truism that you might hear people say about the people in power. Um, but it just, it, it just almost hammers home people's worst impressions of what politicians are and what they do. And um, it's in many ways the exact same reason why, for example, the expenses scandal took hold in the way that it did, because it was seen to confirm everybody's worst suspicions about politicians. Again, the expenses scandal was slightly different, so it was the political class as a whole. This is very focused on the, the, the people in power, but that's almost that's that's almost worse. But it's certainly worse for a government because it's focused. The, the the fire is focused entirely on them, and um, so that's that's the main reason I, I would suspect why um, why why the, that's the main issue that it raises. It really it confirms people's worst suspicions, 
um, about politicians and those in power. And the other issues, issues I've suggested is it raises an issue of basic fairness, that there's almost no way in which you can defend what happened as someone that either lived and worked in number 10 or as Boris Johnson, as we've seen him trying to do, because it's just so unfair what, uh, the, what, what, what happened. And there's, there, there's, no, there's no way to explain your way out of it, which means that every time you attempt to do it, you almost just dig that hole a little bit deeper for yourself. So you might say, I didn't know that this, these parties were going on. Um, well, they were going on in number 10. And um, so that suggests that you're, you know, that, that, that you're either willfully blind to what's going on. You've created a culture in which, um, in which people just misbehave with impunity, or you're not interested in what's going on in, in, in the place that you work, or indeed you're just very bad at your job. So if you say you didn't know it was happening, that's, that's no defense. If you say, okay, we made a mistake, um, it shouldn't have happened, um, then you're admitting to breaking the rules. Um, or you might say the most recent, um, which was one of the more recent defences, which was, we didn't quite understand that this would have been breaking the rules. Or I wasn't, no, no one told me that this as a work event was against the rules. And when you're making those rules, um, that's not a very good defence either, because the one thing you've got to be is on top of these rules, which are quite restrictive and which lead to people like the Queen sitting on her own. Um, in a church grieving the loss of her husband. Um, and then you've got the kind of, the, um, the, the sort of, the, 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 final, um, the, the final argument, which no one has made yet, but, but perhaps people think about, which is, well, if you had so little respect for these rules, did you ever really believe in them in the first place? And this goes back to the us and them thing, which is, okay, you made up, you, you made the British public and us, um, abide by certain um, certain quite restrictive regulations for what was the public good or what we thought was the public good, but secretly, um, and it turns out not so secretly, you were having a bunch of parties because you didn't even believe in, in the regulations that you were making us abide by. All of those excuses that you can make, make the situation worse. And again, it goes back to um, slightly to the um, my issue of ideological coherence with the elections bill, um, I can't see, and again, I like to, I like to try and game these things out of my head. Um, I, I, I can't see an excuse that the government can make that doesn't make the situation worse for them. Um, so that's why it, uh, that, that's why, that, that, that's the issues that it raises. The, the, the fairness issue means that the government has almost kind of, they've checkmated themselves. They, they, they've created a problem that they cannot escape from. Yeah, that that's really well put. Actually, maybe that's all. That that could be a episode twelve. <laughs> um, well, funnily enough, they they so someone did so. What's he what's called Steve Barclay? Um, he, I was listening to his political thinking podcast yesterday, uh, interview with uh, Nick Robinson from, from the Today Program, um, and and he used a checkmate analogy. I thought uh, with again with the greatest respect, Steve Barclay, very badly because he he sort of suggested that that Boris Johnson had was in checkmate. Um, but that he might be able to get out of it. Um, and I couldn't quite understand how that works, because to me, you're either checkmated or you're not. Yeah, if you're checkmated, uh, there's no way. There's if you're no checkmated, you can't get out of it. Uh, but he seems to be saying there is still some wiggle room. But my, my, my position is, yeah, he's, um, he, th th there's no way out of it. 
yeah. Um, and so I guess um, there's, this is, I mean, I've been trying, probably like lots of people were trying to think about how this compares with previous scandals, but um, you're particularly suited to that task, <laughs> um, given your expertise. So how, like, are, are there other comparisons you would draw or is this scandal quite unique? Yeah, so if, if we're thinking about what this scandal looks like, and so, so the history of, I suppose, scandal in the UK, to me, there is, there, there's nothing that directly compares to this. Um, I, I talked about the expenses scandal um, a little bit earlier. I think that that's quite a useful comparator in the sense that it confirmed people's worst suspicion about what politicians are um, and about the way that they behave. Um, but, but that was a scandal which engulfed the whole political class. Um, so it's not useful in that sense because um, whilst something like these parties might well, they, they could have the effect of switching people off politics altogether, which, which the expenses scandal was more likely to, Actually, and the reason again why it could be so damaging for Boris Johnson is that I think it is much more likely than the party scandal to have the effect of turning people off Boris Johnson um, and turning people off the, his, 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 his inner circle, if you will, which is particularly damaging for Boris Johnson because one of his main appeals to the Conservative Party MPs, for example, is his electoral appeal, which, which we might suggest is, is gone there. Um, so I don't think that that's what I said. I don't think the expenses scandal, whilst it's a useful comparator in terms of um, in terms of worse suspicions being confirmed and why it takes hold in such a visceral way. Beyond that, I don't think it works. Um, you then have a lot of, I suppose, I was try, trying to think of different sort of, or you might think of different party or sort of sex scandals. Um, so something like the Profumo affair. In the 60s, um, which was a, a, a conservative minister who was found to be having an affair with Christine Keeler, conservative um, minister Mr. Profumo, um, having an affair with Christine Keeler, who was also um, involved with a, a Russian spy. And um, so, so this is, and there was also a high society angle. So this was a bit gossipy, which this Partygate scandal certainly is, um, but doesn't really go all the way to the top in the same way. So, so whilst it has the sort of gossipy element and the, the, the continue, so, so something which is actually continually interesting to people and simple to understand, sex, um, it doesn't necessarily go to the top in the same way. So what we have actually, I think, um, in, in, in Partygate is, is actually is, is, a unique, is, is a unique scandal because it, it mixes almost it's sort of the perfect storm of something which will grab the public's imagination. Um, it, it does what the expense scandal does, which, um, which confirms everybody's worst suspicion about politics. And it has, it has the sort of almost, um, uh, yeah, the, 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 the gossipy, the, the gossipy angle, which is, well, what was going on at these parties? They, they were going down with suitcases and they were, um, they, they were filling him up at the, the, the local co-op. They broke Boris Johnson's son's swing. Um, all of this sort of stuff, which is sort of tabloid fodder as well, um, which immediately gets people involved. 
But then it also has this, it's viscerally easy to understand and so viscerally unfair. Um, so it's, it's this sort of almost perfect scandal to, to engulf somebody um, in that in the, it just almost has, if you, were to, if you were to write down what would be the kind of, the, everything that makes a damaging scandal, if you were to create a sort of ideal type damaging scandal, it would be something along these lines. There would probably be more blatant, um, or not necessarily more blatant law breaking, but perhaps you know, so something, so something that was like maybe the Jeremy Thorpe affair, where there was like you know an attempted murder involved. Um, you know, if, if if it turned out that you know that there was lots of fights that happened in Downing Street, or I, I don't know. Um, but actually, as far as without without getting into sort of script writing territory, and um, this is about as um, as 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 a as a perfectly designed, if you will, but, but it's not been designed, almost the perfectly designed scandal to capture every part of the public imagination. And that it's happened at, at during a, or that it happened during a pandemic when everybody was so clear on what the rules were and those in power were quite clearly flouting them. And um, that's just in many ways, the, the, the icing on the cake, which, which is, is why, why it, again, it's hard to see how someone like Boris Johnson survives it. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, you can see the uh, BBC script writers, the Netflix script writers, every, that everyone's going to have within a year, a, 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 like a, a six part serialization, right? Getting every newspaper or getting all that, yeah. Well, it's, so, so there's that, um, the, the, the show which, uh, which was on over Christmas, but they, the, the, so the first one was about Jeremy Thorpe, um, and one over Christmas was about, uh, uh, gosh, I can't remember, but it's called A Very British Scandal, isn't it? And, and th this is, th there's, something, there's something quite British about it as well, because I suppose if you're thinking about scandals that go all the way to the top, then, you know, people are calling this Partygate, something like Watergate is a, is a reasonable analogy just because it engulfed Richard Nixon um, in, in such a way. But actually, again, that's quite, it was quite complex. Um, it, although at heart it was a break into the democratic headquarters, and um, so so I suppose it, it's it's sort of a very British Watergate, if you will, if if we can use a comparator, because it's about kind of um, bottles of wine and cans of lager from your local co-op and drinking them in the garden. Um, it's not quite I'm breaking you know, a kid's swing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not quite going to get you know Frost Nixon out of it probably, um, or all the president's men. Um, but but there is something about you know the it, because it goes all the way to the top and because it is it is a Boris Johnson problem and a number ten problem. Um, you've never really seen something like that um, before in terms of um, in terms of that kind of scandal. Yeah. Okay. All right, Sam. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on and talking to you again. Um, and I mean. We'll see how the scandal evolves. Maybe we can have you on um, in the future to, to discuss it again. Yeah, absolutely. Always, you know, uh, it is literally my job to, to say these things, but I'm always happy to talk yeah. about <laughs> scandal. There's a reason why I do it. Yeah, brilliant.